podcast. podcast. Do do Podcast. Two hoes. Two hoes. Four house on the hill. From Delco. Four house on the hill. Boop, oh, boop. yeah, that's a Depressed again. No. It's really nice out, and I have so much work to do. That's like hard. I have to be drawing this comic, and what I just dropped. Can't you do it outside? I mean, I guess I don't know. There's just something about drawing comics. Like I actually, I don't like I don't like doing plain air painting. Like I don't like drawing or. Uh, painting outside. I don't enjoy okay. it. Um, because the elements are just too annoying for um, drawing and stuff like that for me. No, I, that totally makes sense to me. It is annoying to draw outside. Um, so even in a control, I mean, no, it's just annoying to draw outside. So no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go outside. But I also had to like, because I was like, really didn't feel like doing it. I had to be, like, depressed for a while mm -hmm. before I even started. Mm, um, depressed and overwhelmed by how mm. much I have to get done. So then, like, it finally forced you to stop procrastinating and gave you that, like, extra oomph to get it done? I mean, yeah, eventually, like, you just have to just say, like, you just have to just start and just go with it. But you when the pain gets great enough, as they say. You have to, yeah, you have to procrastinate to a point where it's just, like, stupid. And then you're like, okay. Okay. Let's just get started. Um, which is what I did, and it was literally... And what we should do now. Well, it was just, like, an hour before we were going to record this, which was not enough time for drawing. And mm -hmm. so now, this whole episode... I just want to let everybody know, all uh, 20 people who probably listen to this podcast, that I will be drawing the entire time that I'm drawing so it's right like, now. It's like, um, I, I, it's, I don't even know how to explain that. I, I mean, don't even know what to say about that. I, Is that like a double like, you have whammy my full for attention. your fans? Like you're getting two things in one? I, I'm trying to do two things at once right now. And but I mean, are the listeners getting two things in one? Yeah, they're getting um, to listen to two hosts from Delco. And our topic today for episode 23 is toxic masculinity. Yeah, and it's a value-added podcast with Beth drawing. With me drawing while it's happening. And uh, so you can you get like a front row seat to uh, my genius. Um. And I already, you know, the prerequisite of that was me going describing my depressive creative process, which involves um, laying in bed all day until uh, I am so pathetic to a point that I can't even stand myself, and then I just start drawing. That's how it's, that's how it works. 
that's really healthy. Yeah. Tell me about it. Uh, I wonder how much work I wouldn't get done if I did, if I drew comics full as like a full-time job. I would probably... You'd be like, you would spend a lot of that time in bed, like, getting the creative process started. Right. Right. Like, that's 90% of your work day. Exactly. And actually, I, <laughs> I follow a lot of writers on Twitter, as we have talked about previously in our Twitter episode. And mm-hmm. uh, apparently, a lot of writers do that. They actually spend a lot... They, it's like some kind of weird... They actually can't, like, start writing for a while. And then, um, until it's, you, like, just get to this, like, wasted sort of moment. And then, uh, creativity strikes. And you you just have to get started. I should say, too. I can't be creative on demand. Like, I don't understand how you, as an artist, a career artist, like, how you... I mean, I understand it, but I wouldn't be able to sit down every day and be like, I'm going to practice channeling my creativity and do things every day until like something happens and I really feel creative yeah I mean I guess for me it's like you're just I mean you have I have a lot of ideas and that like motivate me and also I would say I'm not like clinically depressed in any way so you know I am able to like get shit done but right uh I would be more like sad if I didn't draw like it would be worse if I didn't yeah. didn't draw and um if I didn't do my creative things because like yeah you know it's not like I'm actually getting paid to do any of these things anyway um but yeah also I want to note that I'm drawing very differently this comic that I'm working on that it's very loose so uh-huh. I feel like comfortable to multitask as well like I feel like if I was doing one of my the uh, my other comics that I draw like it's just such a anal retentive process that I don't think I'd be able to speak with you while I was drawing it right so you mean you're drawing right now more how I draw um yeah like very loose and just like yeah if it's like messed up there's a lot of it's like layers and layers and layers Mm, mm. No, I mean, it's layers and layers of ink. Like, so (laughs) it's supposed to be expressive and nightmare-inducing, which it is, which is, like, kind of um, nerve-wracking because when you are very painterly like that, like, you just also feel like you could, you know, mess it up over the edge to some point. Like, you think, like, there's, like, a point of no return you think might happen. Uh-huh. So that's a little nerve-wracking. And then also it's, like, really, like, so loose that you're just kind of like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, this is stupid. So there's a, a lot of questioning that goes into it. But then at the same time, you just have to remember that it's supposed to be fun and and loose. Art, do you do it? Do you do your comics, I guess, in this style when you're doing your comics in the style, are you working, like, stream of consciousness, or are you already have it, like, planned out? I have like, a script. Like, how are you going to structure it? I have a script. Okay. So I scripted the story out already, and um, uh, the way that I write my script, I, I actually have never 
uh, studied how other comic artists do this or read. I just hear comic artists be like, oh, I do a script. Or some comic artists, like, they'll be like, I do thumbnails. And I've done both of them, but I, I decided to, like, do them just how I would do them and not follow, like, some kind of book or rules because, like, you know, who wants to do that? Um, and so when I do my scripts, the way I do it is I, um, draw, like, uh, when I'm doing a scene that's a picture that I want it to be a picture, like I'll do two inverted arrows and then I'll describe the picture. And then when there's, um, when there's a character actually speaking, then I'll just like do a normal line. So that's what my script looks like. It's like inverted arrows and it's like a picture. And then I bracket those out into pages and then that's how cool. and that's how I do it and then but when I sit down to draw it I just like have just a basic idea and then I just pencil it out and then I just go from there from the start hmm. well as an ENFP as uh -huh. we talked about in our previous Myers-Briggs episode yeah um it's hard for me to bring my ideas actually physically into the world as like organizing and planning tend to be challenging for me. So And that would make sense. Like, I try to pay attention to how other people do these processes. Literally, like, I don't know how to do it. Like, my brain, it's, like, really difficult for me to, like, put together a step-by-step -step list or, like, sit down and really analyze something piece-by-piece piece and write it down. Like, that takes a ton of discipline for me to do. Like, I don't naturally do it. Well, so, it's because like, you're why, You know what I mean? It's like, I can't, like, I can't, like, be yeah. creative, plan something out like and then go do it again like first draft second draft like that's something that I need to like work on being able to do mm -hmm. so well easily to me apparently that I mean that's because you yeah it's the extroverted personality I think is part of it like right the, that makes the, sense because you're like I feel like an introverted person like really needs to have some sort of plan I wouldn't say I'm that anal retentive about it but like it really, um, I enjoy that process, like planning it out. And I also think at the end of the day, product wise, it's better to have, a to be planned out and stuff like that, because then you can, um, fix mistakes that you probably wouldn't be able to do if you were flying by the seat of your pants too much. I don't know. Yeah. I'm no, able, I mean, but I'm able this to is interesting it. to me because I think that like, comparing our personalities and how you and I have worked together in the past and some of the challenges you and I have had working together. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, it's, my personality type, like, my brain just generates ideas all the time. Like, ideas, 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 and mm -hmm. possibilities. And that's really all that's, like, interesting to me. So, like, I'm, like, I love to, like, brainstorm and have ideas and, like, think about the possibilities of things. Mm -hmm. But when it comes down to actually planning it, like, that is a lot of work for me. And, like, it's just starting to be something that I'm even able to do. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like I appear and probably, I mean, I am in but many areas of my life. I'm very disorganized. Like, I don't know how I like keep a job. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know how I do achieve anything, but yeah. like I apparently do, but like, I'm just very physically like physical organization, neatness. Like those things are not as important to me. Um, unless I like really, practice them and make them a part of my day today, which is like super hard for me. 
Well, speaking of being organized, I should announce here at this point in the podcast that you're listening to Two Hosts from Delco with Beth Jaime and Maureen Cummings. And uh, today's episode is on toxic masculinity. That's going to be our topic. And we do sections before we get into the topic. We have an apology section and we have a recap section. So I guess we're kind of in a recap session right now. I Um, think so. So, like, we should just keep going with that. Um, Love it. But um, I also, again, because I have been, like, really extra busy lately and also really underwhelmed by the lack of listens our podcast gets, that um, I didn't, I haven't re-listened to the last episode. I have to say, yeah, I have to say I listened to it once and I did enjoy it and I highly recommend anyone who's listening now who's interested in Myers-Briggs personality test to give it a listen and um, to go test yourself and uh, you know uh, we hope you enjoy the episode and and learn something from it even though we vow to never actually do research on this podcast but um, only to just know from um, you know our common knowledge and hypothesize about topics Um, we that's how we work in this podcast but um, like shit we remember from Wikipedia Yes, uh, Wikipedia is uh, one of the top um, reference points of this podcast. What that I would say uh, that Reddit and Twitter for me. Yeah, I I need to. I want to get really into Reddit. I I don't know. That community scares me. Um, Carl loves it. Like he insists, and like this does happen. Like he's always telling me like. When I, I'll tell him, like, this happened, whatever, yeah. in the news. And he's like, yeah, like, I was on Reddit, like, three days ago. He, said, he insists that, like, Reddit is so well-moderated that it just is the head of, of, like, a lot of the other social media sites out there. Like, right now, he thinks it's, like, the best one um, and, like, has the, the best content. And, uh-huh. yes, yeah, right, whatever. So, like, uh-huh. accuracy, not a lot of, like, just fighting and a bunch of assholes. There's not. But I am intimidated okay. by it as well. Like, I mostly don't post. I would say a lot, there's a lot of toxic masculinity, I would assume, on Reddit. Well, I, I would say why. on some of the boards, yeah. Um, but not all, I don't think all over Reddit necessarily. However, there's the boards that are. There's. I guess that would be sexist of me to assume, though. That everyone on Reddit is an incel piece of shit. Yeah, that's not true. Yeah, like there's uh, all like all different types of Reddit for, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, yeah, like a lot of it makes sense that you would associate that with incels, which goes with our toxic masculinity topic today. Yeah, um, which I hate to even say the word in a way that like is in any way public because like I just don't want to draw attention to myself from those people. Because it really scares me. Like, they really, it's really scary to me. Like, they mm-hmm. are the, the, um, the hate group for women. They want to kill women. What they want to do. But they're actually just sexless pussies who can't kill women. Oh, wait. Well, there's Roger Elliott. I, sh- I forgot about that asshole. Yeah, don't challenge them. Well, I mean, I, uh, only just recently learned about um incels although i've known i've actually like they they're like an obvious group that i feel like we've 
like I've had to have known about, but I just didn't know the the slang. I guess I should say. Well, I mean, it, ha- it it's only a recent phenomenon over the past few years that it's been you know known. Well, I know we're not supposed to ever do research for this podcast, but I did listen to a Vice like video feature on incels. Uh-huh. Um, and apparently the slang term was first used in the 90s on the internet. Um, Which, is that the, on the female message board that like, the girl started? Uh, maybe. Yeah, I, it I started, because I did, I read the Wikipedia that you sent uh-huh. me, Wikipedia, um, and yeah, that was started by a female um, but it wasn't, it was, like, very different in nature. Yeah, like, it wasn't, yeah. like, a hate group, officially, you know. Um, but, and then, like, it just picked up recently, um, like, as a search term, because the media has been identifying, like, terrorist attacks and stuff like that as, um, from an incel group. So then people are searching it on the internet, like, what's an incel? And so... Hence, it's been getting more popular. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, it does really just draw attention to them in a negative way, you know, just smashing it. Um, but the original, actually, now that I'm trying to think back to what I read, um, the original method board was, I believe, more for, like, people who were having trouble dating, like, due mm-hmm. to social anxiety and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, loneliness, it was not, um, but then it, like, kind of devolved into this completely misogynistic um, hatred and hatred of women and belief that they're the victims of women, like, that in, in the reality, in the real world, like, when you really look at the world for what it is, that women actually have power over men and men are the victims, and, like, that's what they believe. Mm-hmm. Well, the incel men are the victims. I uh, want to, before we get, like, too deep into this okay. conversation, uh, I the INFP in me wants to uh, talk about yeah, the last episode. I don't remember us, to, I don't, like, recall anything too egregious that we said that was maybe incorrect or anything like that. Um... So, I mean, and then I also, like I was saying, didn't really remember it, but I don't know if maybe you have something to add from the last, um, podcast that you thought we didn't cover or like, I don't know. Do you have anything? Well, no, I have not re-listened either. I listened Mm -hmm. to it after we did it and I have had actually a crazy couple of weeks myself where I've been, I've been just presented with some things at work that I, that are just, have been a lot. Um, oh, no. So, it's, it's nothing, like, with, it, it has to do with, like, just things that happen, you know what I mean? Like, an emergency came in, and it was, like, just crazy, and oh, it just okay. kind of threw everything off for the whole week, and whatever. And, and so, so, it's not, like, work drama, but, like, just you're, you've been really busy with pets and stuff like that. Yeah, like, I had, there was a... There was an incident with an emergency pet that came in where the circumstances caused me to, like, get more emotionally involved involved than normal. That's And so, yeah, like, with the owner. So, you know, it's just, like, a bad situation or just crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, But, 
it's all right because we learn from those situations. <laughs> yeah, that's like one thing about working with animals, like why I actually never pursued it, even though I love animals, is that I don't I don't know if I could handle, um, you know, rough days like that. Well, I'm surprised as emotionally sensitive as I can be that I can, but. Um, okay, well then let's just move over to the apology section, which uh, nobody has written in to ask us to apologize for anything. Because so, we're perfect. We have um, nothing to apologize for, as I know. Well, we could just do a general apology because um, it's important as white women to be the bigger uh, person and to, to be the savior in all politics um, and for minority groups. And it is Pride Month, like so, uh, and we are straight white women. So it's important by example, like we, we need to, we need to be you know, just in a moral sort of sense, like a superior, um, force and, um, you know, like wrap our arms around these marginalized communities. And, you know, if we're ever unable to do that as, um, two attractive straight white women, you know, we really need to be present for in that moment and apologize for, for not being yeah. able to um, be the bigger and better persons that we are. Apology, shmashmology. And uh, yeah, so we're sorry for, we just want to say that we're sorry if anything came up and if you want to write us to apologize, um, you know, you can do that. Uh, and we will, we will definitely apologize. Although we have had issues in the past with, um, straight white males writing in, of course, they're the ones that like, of course, first and foremost, like, oh, great. Uh, you know, they want an apology from us. I, and I just, you know, need to specify that, uh, if you're a straight white male, that you are not allowed to, uh, write in and ask us to apologize for anything. You are such a bitch sometimes. Well, you know what, Marie? You know what? I think you need to apologize um, for not doing National Best Friend Day yesterday and shouting out to me because uh, I'm your best friend and yesterday was hashtag National Best Friend Day and, you know, it was crickets. It was crickets. Over crickets. Yeah. I you, texted you back, bitch. You texted me back after I wished you a happy National Best Friend Day. You texted me back. And you didn't post on social media. And then also, you even forgot how and when we met on top of all of that. And I think, if anything, you should apologize to me for that shit. No, that's just silly. Okay. Well, just saying... Um, I was actually somewhat quiet then because I was like, why did I just ink that? That looks stupid. Why did you do that? I had a moment. Oh, well, I'm surprised it's how personally you are taping social media right now, Beth. Right, that you. I am just, you know what, I'm just trying to get you to apologize for shit. I know. I really... And I will not. Okay. Um... 
you know, I think all the people who don't listen to our podcast should apologize to us. I mean, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. I also, oh my god, I turned my air conditioner off because I was like, it probably makes too much noise. And I am starting to, it's been like 15 minutes now, I'm starting to regret that. Now you turn off your air conditioner? Yeah. Yeah, it's hot. You're going to have Well, it's not, it's not that hot, is it? No, but not outside. But like, I mean, I'm in my room with all the windows shut. Because I had the air on. So I'm starting to feel hot. It's okay, I can make it. It's only half um, hour more. So, here... I was looking for something. Um, it was this really fantastic post that I saw earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very interesting to me. So it was posted by a transgender woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says, if you're hashtag straight and hashtag cis, you don't have to deal with men forcing you to be sexual for their own entertainment. You don't face violence and abuse if you reject their advances or deny them sexual pleasure. Mm-hmm. Hashtag I matters. Hmm. Mm. I feel like you're trying to make me have a turf moment here. Have a what from it? A turf moment. What does that mean? Well, a turf is a trans um, exclusionary radical feminist. And oh, uh-uh. No, 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 no. Um, okay. No, I just think that straight and cis women—that's what we do deal with. Yeah, but I definitely think trans women like have like an extra uh, violence, you know, put upon them. Like um, they are victims of violence for a different reason. But the way that this person said this is. She said that if you're straight and cis, so if I'm just me, mm-hmm. that I've never had to deal with men forcing me to be sexual for their own entertainment, or that I've never faced violence or abuse from men if I rejected their advances. Yeah, that's obviously not, that's not true. Lies. Yeah, that's what happens to women. Like this person is describing what happens to what happens to cis white women. Like, yeah, what happens to both? Yeah, um, and I, it's it's I don't know. I just thought that was. Um, an interesting post from a person who claims to be, you know, inclusive. That was really not inclusive, whatever. And it was, it was ignoring, you know. Yeah, I guess like. A a, a population that I can, I would consider us to be allies. Like. Well, no, I mean. People to be like an ally. And like, there's women that, there's women Okay, so, like, toxic masculinity hurts men and women. Like, people think that toxic masculinity is hating men or, like, thinking that men are evil, and it's not. It's the part of... It's the the traits that we associate with masculinity, like violence and um, control and all of these things and, like, Mm. suppressing our emotions and um, all of that, that... uh, women like I am also a perpetrator of misogyny like I'm not just a victim yeah but here's the thing can I please misogyny I'm also a perpetrator you are you are a perpetrator yes yeah um but what I feel like what um this person's saying though is that like trans women are more so automatically sexualized 
than uh, cis women are. Like, it's like being a trans woman is like just automatically, I feel you're like more porn. so. Yeah, yes, yeah. I mean, so that's what I feel like that person's talking about. Like, yeah, of course you have had that. But then also, um, yeah, there's like this expectation of trans women. It's like that is put uh, that is put in a sexual um, point of view more so than I think a cis woman walking down the street is. And I do believe that. And um, Right, but that's not what she said. That's not what she said. What did, I mean, how, what did she say? Like, she, she said... She didn't say that. She didn't say that, like, trans women are subject to violence because they're looked at as more of a sexual object or something like that. She said that, that this white or cis straight women don't have to deal with these things. Like, you and I don't have to deal with these things. That's what this person is asserting. That, like, we are privileged and that we don't have to deal with men forcing us to be sexual for their own entertainment. I mean, there's a lot of cis white women that work in the sex industry that, like, have been in situations that would prove otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um... Well, I do think trans women's bodies are far more sexualized than uh, cis women's. And I, I think that's, like, fucked up. And also, I think it's fucked up that being transgender is a se- sexualized thing anyway. Because it's not about their sexuality. It's it's about gender identity. Like, so what does that have to do with sex? Like, it, it really right, doesn't it has have... nothing to do with it. Yeah. And I don't know. Um... I mean, I it see... It was the way that she said it. She, it's like the exclusionary way in which she said it yeah. that implies that somehow women who are just born as a woman and are not gay are somehow less subject to violence from men. And it's not I, true. Well, I do think that. I do think that cis women... Are, we're totally subjected to violence by men. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying I think it is less so than a trans woman. Because they're dealing with, like, also the... Like, there's the possibility that they, um, the man or whoever's attracted to them, uh, is, um, met, like, upset when they, you know, if they discover, you know, uh, things they don't want to discover. I'm feeling very awkward even talking about this. But, um, to the point where they act out violently. Um, because they might, they might, like, flip out in some kind of, like, you know, violent way towards, uh, a trans woman versus, you know, what, a cis woman. I don't think. This is true, but that doesn't mean that, and, and I, I put this in, when I said this earlier, I said, I said, it, she implied that cis women are less subject to abuse, but that's not what I meant. What I meant was in her post, she said that this straight women are not subject to abuse from men. Like, it didn't say, like, it's more likely because, like, it's more likely for me to be a target or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know what, I guess also it conveniently puts me in a position where I'm, like, arguing against trans people and saying, like, that they're not victims of violence. That, like, if, mm-hmm. if some motherfucker saw me standing next to a trans woman and knew the trans woman was a trans woman, that he wouldn't beat her up first, because he would. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Most likely. But that does not mean that 
cis straight women don't have to deal with those things too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. It doesn't mean it doesn't happen all the fucking time. Yeah. Um. I think there's a lot of uh, cis privilege that needs to be dismantled and maybe, I don't know. Well, you're absolutely right about that. Absolutely. Like, I didn't have to go through the subjective experience of feeling like I wasn't the right, in the right body. You know what I mean? Like, the right gender. Like, and also, though, why... That in itself is privilege. It's, it's something that, it's a huge hurdle that I didn't have to get over in life. Yeah. And also, there's a lot more um, talk when it comes to the transgender community about uh, uh, trans women and not trans men, which is also um, misogynistic. Or what are they called? Sexist? Or I don't know, you know, what word it is. But um, it's also another proof. It's because, I mean, trans women's bodies are more sexualized, and that's why it's more of a topic it's more they're more out there in the public they're fetishized yeah they're absolutely fetishized in the sex industry like they're their own porn yeah so yeah i mean and that's that is fucked up yeah you know that is disturbing um but also it happens you know like mm-hmm. i'm never i am not someone who's ever gonna be like porn is wrong like i don't think that i do think that like the objectification of people, I guess, without their consent is wrong. That's mm-hmm. what I think is wrong. Mm-hmm. So someone who looks at fucking tranny porn all the time and then meets a trans woman at the bar and, like, thinks that you can just feel, like, whether the person is pre or post-op, like, that's fucked up. Yeah. And that happens mm-hmm. because of this culture of violence towards trans people. But it also happens because of the culture of violence against women, and there's a lot. And, and I guess, you know, in a sense, we're just hearing about, like, these incel groups and stuff now who are specifically violently targeting, you know, women, like, mm-hmm. straight women. Um, because trans women and trans men have absolutely been the victims of targeted hate crimes for eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's like how I say, like, a guy has no idea what it's like to be a woman to work, have to worry about getting raped every time you walk out the door and I imagine for a trans person that's time you know it's like an exponential exponentially worse I mean we've been through this you have to check in the closets and underneath <laughs> your bed when you get home this is how in the shower behind the door yeah um in the closet no longer do I have to check under the bed because my bed sits on the floor it doesn't raise up so yeah. that's cool a relief yeah. But I, I have a dog, but he's also deaf. So that's no protection. He's also super friendly. Yeah. So, would, like, by the time he realized something happened, like, the killer would be leaving, and mm. my dog would be like, hey, let's go, dude. He would just start licking your face, like, trying to wake wake you up. Exactly. He would be like, mom. <laughs> and then he would, like, pass out next to me. He'd be like, no, you're great. <laughs> <laughs> But luckily, I do have a wonderful fiancé who is a doula. I feel puts it as one of his top priorities to protect me from rape. 
Okay, so uh, let's get more disturbing then past this and um, talk about racist confessions. Do you have a racist confession for this uh, this month? No? I mean, the justifying about that trans people post count. I guess no. that's bigoted. Yeah, it is, and no, it doesn't count. And it also is not bigoted. Um. No, it's important to have these nuanced conversations. I want to put... Wait, can I just say this? I think it's important to have these nuanced conversations without um, calling you a bigot, and I apologize for that. Oh, okay. Okay, now what were you... You're forgiven. Now what did you say? Um... You could talk now. Um, I forgot what I was even going to say. I lost my train of thought. (sighs) All right, well, what is, uh, what's your... Oh, my problem was with the wording, that was all. My problem is with, like, the specific wording of cis white or cis straight women never have to be a victim of male violence, essentially, is what the post said, and that's true. That's what struck me the wrong way. Did, uh, did you see other people chime in underneath? Um, oh, yeah, a lot of people, actually, well, I saw a lot of posts that agreed with me, obviously, because that's how Twitter works. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Um, the, let's see, uh, I was trying to think, I had, racist confession for me, damn, I thought, I had one, but then I thought of another one that was even better, and now I can't remember it. Mm. I mean, I really don't, I I, I can't think of one. I I really have had, like, a crazy cut couple weeks. Well, you never I'm mostly surrounded by white people. Yeah, so you should have a ton of racist confessions. Well, no, it's, it's, I got, that is a racist confession. Um... Well, one I was going to talk about is I feel really guilty at work because I work with um, uh, three different black women whose names are Tere, Taisha, and, um, wait, Taisha, Tere, and Tanisha. Tanisha, Taisha, and Tere. And I'm not even like, that's it, right? And, uh, whatever, it'd be the same thing if I worked with, like, three white girls named Megan. But, like, uh, I, I am so, like, afraid of seeming racist for getting their name wrong because they're, like, also stereotypically black, um, names Uh, that, like, I just don't even say their names. And it's just, like, I just... Like, it'll come to me, eventually I'll get it to a point in my head where it'll be fine and I'll be able to say their names out loud. But in the meantime, I'm like, I feel like, like, uh, such a racist when, um, I clean with them because I, I don't want to mess up their name and so I don't say their names. Yeah, that makes sense. That's my racist confession. That's a good one. Um... And then also to the point, like, yeah, like, I'll even be like, maybe they don't remember me. Because I don't clean that often with people. And yeah. I did that recently. And I was just like, oh, hey. And then I, I just was trying to get her to say her name again. And um, yeah. and she just went like, we've cleaned together before. 
And I was oh, like, oh, uh, fuck. See, I never remember people's names, though. Like I said, I have a huge problem with details. Yeah. So I've gotten used to just being like, hi, I don't remember your name. I apologize. Can you tell me again? Like, I do it all the time because I have to. Yeah, I guess I shouldn't be so uptight about forgetting people's names. And yeah, I mean, it's okay. Everybody, it happens, you know, if you only meet somebody once. I get I get annoyed if people like don't remember my name. See, I get anxious if they remember mine because I probably don't remember theirs. So it gives me horrible anxiety, and that's usually when I have to be like, "I'm sorry, but I don't remember your name." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. when somebody's like, "Oh, hi, Maureen," and I'm like, "Oh, hi, you." Like, there's only so many times you can get away with that shit. Someone and then did if you that. Do that too many times, then you can't be like, "Um, what's your name again?" You have to get that like second meeting. What's your name again in there? Otherwise, you look like a fucking asshole. Yeah. Oh, well. At least, like, and then, um, I, with black people, you're a racist fucking asshole. Oh, yeah. So it's even worse. Mm. But, any case, I also, but I swear, I thought I had, like, another one, but it was, like, it wasn't um personal it was like in the news i saw something and it reminded me of our racist confession section but you know i can't remember it now hmm. so let's move on let's keep talking about how i forgot about it why i don't know like why why move on why move on is right you know what you're absolutely right that's the best attitude to have towards life in general Maybe it was, was it a Jewish confession? No. A Jewish confession? A Jewish racist confession. Maybe no, it was. is that racist or bigoted? I don't know. Uh, oh, so what? Like, if you are prejudiced against a, or racist towards a Jewish person, it's bigoted? I thought being bigoted was, like, being, like, all the above. I thought, I, I'm not, like, there's different different meanings to different words best mm-hmm. <laughs> um i i think bigot it has to do with like rel- one's religion or like sexuality like something that i guess is not a physical trait i'm not really sure i think that there's it depends on like what whether one's a physical trait or not and i'm too lazy to look it up I've been kind of hating on um, white women talking about their abortions on social media lately. Mm, tell me about it. Well, because it's like, I get that, yes, this is all of our problems, the fact that um, abortion is being banned in these states. But these are also, like, poor southern states and then conservative states, also like Ohio. And I really think that, honestly, it's really, it's not an attack against middle-class white women because you know what you can be like you profited or have been you know able to get an abortion because um it's legal but you also do have enough money and privilege that you'll probably be able to get an illegal abortion okay still yeah, but you know what? and Go poor ahead. people are the ones who are going to get really fucked by this and i really think it's an attack against poor black women or poor white trash women like more so. Also, that was mean of me to like I love call that white women that. Just move on. white trash. I love women. it. But um, I think like, and I'm not sure. I think that as a middle class white woman, that you should just shut the fuck up. 
and, um, I, and talk about the classes that will be affected by the abortion bans. Well, that is, the, I agree with the last part. Like, it, but we do have to realize that, first of all, it is, it is absolutely a potential attack on us because, like, that's the direction it's moving in. Um, but also, we're the ones that, like, have the time. And when I say we, I mean, like, middle-class white women, um, women who live in liberal states, like, we're the ones who have, like, the time and, like, the access to do activism and, like, raise money. And, um, you know, like, we have to fight. We have to advocate. Um, we'll see the problem. our problem, too. But I just think that, that then you should advocate to have other people's voices be heard that are actually going to be I see what you're saying, yeah. Like... Like, shut the fuck up and getting, like, 2,000 likes on your abortion post, which is also weird to me. Like, right. I yeah. mean, because, you know, and, and the thing is, I, too, the hashtag, like, you know, you know me, that was the hashtag. Yeah, and so, I mean, me too, hashtag me too, like, I posted, because everyone was protesting outside of um, the clinic here in Philadelphia, the Planned Parenthood. All the yeah. pro-lifers were out there, and I just posted, like, you know, uh, if, if, what, if it wasn't for this um, clinic, I wouldn't have been able to get the proper um, uh, health care that I needed when I, um, like every other fucking person, had HPV, and I needed to get, right. you know, my yeah. inside scraped out, which sucked. Um, and uh, I would not have been able to to um go to the doctors because I could not afford that like and if I didn't do that you know I'd probably be dead from cervical cancer today and um and that's why like healthcare services for women like that affordable healthcare services for women especially in um United States healthcare system is so important and all those and again that's why abortion is so important so women can you know get safely um get abortions because the fact that it will be illegal is not going to stop um women from getting abortions but yeah. like um and then i got like all these likes from it and stuff like more than i would normally get and yeah. i felt kind of like disingenuine about that like i didn't i felt really uncomfortable about it i don't know because I was just because like, it's like you're getting likes on a platform, like an issue, rather than on your own, like, yeah, I don't know, coming from like your own creative place. Well, yeah, exactly. That's part of it. Um, and I see a lot of artists making art about um, this stuff, and mm -hmm. especially, honestly, it's white women artists that it annoys me, and um, and I think. Yeah, again, I'm just saying, it feels weird because I feel like I should just shut the fuck up. I mean, and, uh, honestly, like, I'll never, I'll never be like, don't share about your abortion. Like, I think it's fucking awesome that people are putting that shit out there. Mm -hmm. I think that takes a lot of courage, and I think we need to normalize what actually, like, reasons women have for getting abortions and, and the circumstances. Like, people need to hear stories they can relate to. Like, this could happen to my daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, this could happen to my, like, they need to think this could happen to my daughter. And a lot of people who are, like, pro-life honestly really fucking believe, like, that their kid's never going to have sex because they tell them not to. 
Like, well, I think a lot of people who are fucking wrong. Every one of you is wrong. Well, I do think people who are pro-life, if their kid were to get knocked up, wouldn't want them to get an abortion. They would want them to keep the baby. Well, that's true. If they are, if they are, if their like actions are truly in line with their values, that's what they'll do. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of people don't, and I'm, and when I say pro-life, I mean more in the sense of people with money who present and who are in politics who present themselves as pro-life, mm-hmm. like, but aren't really, like, mm-hmm. probably President Trump, for example, mm-hmm. but many, many more, um, and many people, re- like, you know, just because, like, even if your kid goes to a school in an area with poor sex education, like, if you don't really talk to them about it, like, you're in a position that you're going to have to make a choice to have a baby or have an abortion. Like, I think having to make that choice is fucking awful either way. And I can vouch for going to a a Catholic school that um, pro-life people are actually really bad at educating you about sex. Like, our health class was not about contraceptives. Contraceptives was abstinence, and that's what they taught us. And then they taught us about STDs. Like, so it was, like, basically about fear... And then, mm-hmm. um, yeah, if you have Guilt. sex, you're going to get dirty, pregnant. Dirty, So, like, you're, you... You're a hoe, you're a skank. You to didn't the point really where learn anything. Our school was called the whorehouse on the hill. It's, like, that ingrained... And, like, we would ha-ha, like, we would joke about it, but it's, like, that in your face that, like, you better not be a whore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's how we were raised. And also, there was a lot of pregnant teens at our school. Yes. Um, so was it called the gatehouse? That was the building that the pregnant girls would go to, that little building next to our school, next to the auditorium. Was it called the gatehouse? Oh, I don't know. You remember, like, all of the pregnant girls would have to go to classes in that little house? No, I thought, I remember seeing pregnant girls in my classes all the time. And yeah, but friend, no, it's not that they, they, they still went to school with us, but they went had, like, special classes, like, I guess, to prepare them for motherhood. Oh, no, I don't remember that. They had, the, yes, they went to their own, like, special classes in that separate little house. Mm-hmm. Hmm, that's funny. I can't believe you don't know what I'm talking about. No, I don't. I feel I, like you do, and I'm just not explaining it well. No, I, do, they, I don't there, remember that. They had classes, and I feel like what, I mean, on average, how many pregnant girls do you think were in each graduating class? Ten? Uh, yeah, I think 10 would be a good number, safe number. Out of, I don't know, how many were in our, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a lot. Mm -hmm. Too many. Yeah. Um, and how many abortions do you think were in our class? I don't know. I have no way of knowing, but, um, more than pregnancies. Um, well, I think, yeah, the abortion ban is toxic masculinity. The abortion ban is absolutely toxic masculinity. What do you, uh, define toxic masculinity as, Maureen? So I guess I would define it, um, like kind of, as I said a little bit about earlier, um, I think that people hear it and they think, Toxic masculinity means that men are toxic to women and that all the things that men, like that men are evil and that women want to get rid of men and women hate men and that's not true. 
there's assholes out there who like stresses to that just like there's fucking dudes that call themselves incels and go to yoga classes and just kill women mm-hmm. um what are you talking about with the yoga classes is this uh one of these guys um went into a yoga class and just specifically to target women and he like posted like he had all this like manifestos and so i just like read a whole thing about mm-hmm. it um actually yeah i told so I think it was the Washington Post had an article about um, about insults. It was just a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just talking about this one of them who went into this yoga studio and killed all these women. But anyway, um, so there's like the extreme man-hating, you know, militant feminist. Mm-hmm. And then there's what feminism really is, which is just like that men and women are equal and like, we're just equal, mm-hmm. you know, like, we're different, but we're equal, and we have yeah. different traits, and certain traits are considered masculine, and certain traits are considered feminine. Toxic masculinity describes the traits that we, our culture associates with masculinity that our culture sort of, like, pushes down our throats and tells us are true when, like, they're actually to our detriment, like, like, that men should be violent, and men should dominate, and that women should listen to men and that men, you know, women shouldn't have rights. And, like, also the idea that men should never cry. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like that affects me as a person. Like, I feel like I have, like, stuffed down my emotions in order to look strong because society told me that, like, that masculine trait trait was strong. Mm -hmm. And I told myself that I was like a man because of that. you know, because I could, like, be unemotional. Yeah. Um, so, like, that's caused a lot of problems for me, um, just as an example. But, yeah, so I guess that's, that's my definition with an example. Uh, I also think toxic masculinity... Yeah, it's also, yeah, it's a sexist thing, like, I I mean, I grew up with, like, brothers, you know, my house was, like, mostly, you know, I two boys, me, my mom, and my dad, and my dad was always being really sexist towards me and treated me differently because I was a girl versus my brothers, and I would say I suffered a lot of toxic masculinity in my house, like, things like... You, like, my dad wouldn't take me to a baseball game, um, because I was a girl, he said that, um, because I was a girl, if we went to the baseball game, I would just want a Philly Fanatic stuffed animal, and that's the only reason I wanted to go, it's not because I actually like baseball, which was, um, not true, because Mike Schmidt was my favorite baseball player, but also, yeah, I wanted a Philly Fanatic stuffed animal, and, uh, so I ended up learning the Take Me Out to the Baseball Game song, and he ended up taking me, because I memorized this song and, like, sang it at dinner, um, to, to prove that I was a big baseball fan, and, um, but yeah, I also got a Philly Fanatic stuffed animal. But, like, um, like, stuff like that, like, oh, you don't like camping because you're a girl, which is, like, out of my brothers actually I'm like the person who goes camping you know and yeah, right. loves the woods um like a whole bunch of shit and it's yeah it's putting like these gender stereotypes on um 
But it's also, I think... Right, he didn't even get to know you. He just assumed because you were a girl yeah. that you were a certain way. Yeah, and then also, though, it's like... Uh, like, I wonder, like, what, what would toxic femininity be? Like, is toxic femininity um, thinking that you have to wear makeup all the time? Is that really that bad? Like, some women really enjoy um, expressing their femininity in this way. But, like, yeah, it's just... Why does it have to be so cis-normative? Like, I don't know. Because I think, um, I think it depends. Like, makeup is one of those tricky things, you know? Like, physical outward signs of, like, femininity and masculinity are a little bit tricky because, like, we can put them on and take them off like you've brought, you know, out there before. Yeah. Um, but um, I think it depends for makeup on why you're choosing to wear makeup. Are you choosing to wear makeup because you, have literally zero self-worth unless a man validates you. I've done that before, victim of toxic masculinity. Um, however, so like, that's being a victim of up because you like it and you like how you look and you feel like it expresses you or you just feel pretty or maybe it just makes you feel sexy and like you want to feel sexy with your partner tonight. Like those reasons, like I think are, you know, good reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, hold on, I'm looking up toxic femininity. I don't know which, where to get it from, because there's not really real... Here, I'll go to Urban Dictionary. Oh, yes, um, that's, that's the go-to spot. Toxic femininity, a social science term that describes narrow, repressive types of ideas about the female gender role. That defines femininity as exaggerated feminine traits like being sensitive, emotional, having a perfect appearance, and so forth. Mm -hmm. One can be feminine without being toxic. Some beliefs of toxic femininity are putting your hands on, abusing, and physically assaulting men, and then using your woman card to get out of being hit back or getting in trouble. Body shaming, e.g., whose butt is bigger, who's ugly, who's fat, who's too skinny, etc. See, I feel like that's a manifestation of toxic masculinity. And not toxic femininity that women uh, okay, listen, body shame people. Affection and in return for money, gold digger, prioritizing your appearance above everything else in your life, jealousy toward other women. I feel like jealousy toward other women are attacking or attacking other women would be toxic femininity. Uh, yeah, but um, okay. Well, this one says toxic femininity, the weaponization of female sexuality and or identity as a means to gain social power or status. Okay. I mean, I guess it's just another way to talk about, like, like how misogyny, misogyny is... That's what I mean. Ingrained in women as well. That's what I was going to say. Like, is there an, is there toxic femininity or is it just an extension of toxic masculinity? Right. I mean, even those definitions sound like something that would be on an intel message board. Yeah. Which is, we don't want to talk about that. No. Um, Well, I mean, from what I saw, I feel like insults have like, um, like mental issues that 
that society just perpetuates in a health unhealthy way. They can't they can't yeah. handle it's like an it's like they're on the it's like they're autistic or something. Like they, they, they can't under I think incels like yeah. are are t- autistic in a way where um toxic masculinity um is a symptom of them just trying to digest the world around them. You know, and right. not and not understanding social cues and ways in a healthy way. I don't know. Right. Like not under, yeah, not understanding how to get your needs met and then taking that, blaming somebody else and taking your rage out on them. Like these are people who feel completely helpless over something very important in their lives, which Mm -hmm. is sexuality. Um, you know, and that's like, I mean, honestly, like in reading about this, like I had to take the perspective of just like trying to be empathetic because um, I think a lot of the things that are the roots of this, like, in-self movement, you know, are, like, deep-seated feelings of self-hatred and helplessness and hopelessness and depression. Mm-hmm. And just, like, it's, it's, you know, it's, like, horrible feelings within themselves that they don't know how to deal with. And they deal with it in an extremely, um, in a way that's very destructive. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think that, um, I think that like for me, like I, for the way that I deal with my negative feelings, like I can be destructive too. Mm-hmm. You know, if I don't deal with my negative feelings properly and if I feel helpless, like against the world and I feel like a failure and I feel like I'm never going to get what I need from the world and that's never going to give it to me and someone's like keeping it from me. Like, I mean, if I don't deal with truth feelings in a constructive way, like I'm, what do you what did you do you remember the man show on comp did that what do you think that's toxic masculinity that show i mean i think you have to look at i think you have to look at things within the context of like the society and the time and all that stuff i mean like at the time i loved it i thought it was like fucking hilarious i loved all kinds of shit like that I have been such, like, in my lifetime, like, one of the biggest misogynists that I know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, yeah, I think it's misogynistic at the time. Like, no, like, it was funny. But, like, I think of, I think you often see, like, comedy um, portraying some of these, like, like societal problems, like, before they actually, like, explode. I feel you like know? they're, like, like extenuating... It's just not, it's not okay to joke like that anymore. Because we've, like, it's exploded to the surface and we, like, have started a a real dialogue and people are very raw about it right now. I wouldn't go as far as say it's, like, not okay to joke about it. But they, I don't think that they were joking. I think they indulged in in it in a way that I did not find humorous. Like, I think it's... I think that it's, I think it's, like, the, um... It's not good comedy. It was lazy. Like, that's what I feel about it. Like, I think that men, you know, uh, should joke about their masculinity and talk about that stuff. And um, I think women should talk, do the same, you know. I th- I, but, like, uh, I think that they, they took it to, like, they were, like, in some kind of safe space or some shit and indulged in it in a way. They glorified it. Yeah. They made it okay and like it was funny and not a big deal. Yeah, it was glorified. Yeah. I think it's dangerous to say that to say that 
comedians can't joke about that stuff anymore is all I'm saying. I hear that a lot. I'm kind of like, that's like, to me, I'm kind of like, well, no, comedians can still joke about it. Like we do need our comedians to be offensive and inappropriate. Someone has to be. And that's why we have comedy because like we need to laugh about these high pressure kind of, um, sorts of, you know, human behavior. And, but I think that they just have to do better, not to sound like a Gillette ad, but. No, you were right. You were right when you said, like, that it's lazy comedy. Yeah. yeah. Like, you just can't joke about it. It's like, and just laugh it off like it's just funny and not a big deal. Like, your humor has to kind of have a point. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Like, I joke about every, every topic, everything. There's mm-hmm. nothing off limits to joke about for me. It's how I deal with the things that, like, are painful for me to deal with. Yeah, that's, like, a main point for comedy is, is to yeah. deal with, like, sad shit. Um, but I would say I would frame that show under toxic masculinity, and I, I don't like it. It's just not, it's not a punchline to say, like, look at these girls jumping on this trampoline and these guys watching their boots and butts down. Like, that was the punchline at the time. That's no longer a punchline. Yeah, exactly. Um... Let's see, what other toxic masculinity things? Oh, well, I mean, what so I can go back to my childhood, uh, other things. Like, I was expected to clean more than my brothers. Both my parents did that to me. Oh, my mom did it to me in, like, a subconscious sort of way. Um, yeah. Uh, like, I think it's be- one reason why I became, like, really sensitive to this shit, like, later in life where I I feel like, you know, like I get pissed off very easily. Um, probably because of, you know, the shit I went through with my childhood. And honestly, what it stems from is just, you know, uh, like we were starting off in the podcast talking about is, uh, our cis normative sort of culture we live in and how much we rely on gender roles to feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, and, and it creates things like toxic masculinity. Um, yeah. And then I, I would say I had that one comic um, that was like me getting out of the bathtub and Gus said, um, oh, it looks like a Renoir in here because Renoir painted bathers a lot. Um, I've seen that one. Yeah. And I said, uh, did you just call me fat? Because Renoir is like, whatever. And I was like, the point of that comic was to um, to be an example of toxic masculinity, where both of us were um, exhibiting um, uh, traits of toxic masculinity, like Renoir paintings. I'm just gonna put it out there for people. Like, I am very uncomfortable with Renoir paintings. Like, I do see them as objectifying the female figure in a way that is, is, um, fucked up and not cool. And, um, like, I mean, is he it also... Is it from behind? Like... No, it's not from behind. It's just, uh, he obviously had a type of, like, it was almost like a serial killer. Like, the way he fetishized right. the it's female like a body. Yeah. And there was even, he also has like a lot of paintings where there a number of, um, uh, of Renoir paintings are women who's wearing the low bust, um, dresses and their nipples popping out. Like he, Uh he painted that a lot. 
Like, he, there's so many Renoir nip slips that it's, like, like, so that's almost, like, comically, like, making fun of women. Um, right. And their fashion statements. So, um, anyway, I, I don't like, I, Renoir is toxic masculinity for me. Um, I, but it's um, also me being as a woman, like, we're, I guess it's toxic femininity based off the Urban Dictionary, but me being a woman, I immediately, like, turn that back on at, to Gus by being, like, I'm not fat, you know? Yeah. Um, by body shaming um, the women in Renoir's paintings, in a way. Um, but I got him back. Um, he was getting out of the shower, like, a few weeks after I drew that comic. And I said, ooh, it looks like a Thomas Aikens in here. Or Aikens. <laughs> I'm not sure if you say Aikens or Aikens. But, um... Eakin? Eakin? Like, Eakin's Oval, right? Yeah. Eakin. Eakin? Eakin? Eakin. Anyway, anywho... I'm just glad I took those art history classes in college, because I know what you're talking about, and I get the joke. I'm pretty, I feel pretty highbrow right now. Which is, you know what? A shame. Because it's not... I wouldn't say... I don't think art should be highbrow humor. It shouldn't Everyone be. should know about art. They should. Or everyone, you know what? Everyone doesn't have to know about art, but everyone should be able to enjoy art. Yeah. And um, not a lot of people have to enjoy Thomas Aikens because he lived 100 million years ago. So who cares? Anyway, I'm kidding. That's disrespectful. That's disrespectful. That's toxic um, artist entity. That's you heard it here for first, folks. Toxic artisanery. Um, anyway, artisanery. Um, so yeah, this. What I, I just wanted to go over, like the Washington Post article that okay. I was talking about earlier. Go for it. Is just it's called. Um, wait, what is actually the title of this article? I'm not even going to say the motherfucker's name. So this person. This man, um, who had, like, a long history of posting on the internet and, and writing songs with, like, violent lyrics and mm. a host of other uh, things, and he also had a um, history of, like, being, getting in trouble for harassing women and assaulting women, and he had been banned from the campus of this school in Florida um, for actually, like, a, like, grabbing a woman's butt in line or something mm. in, like, the food court or something like that. Um, and he came back, um, I don't know, it was like a wild month or years, I don't know, later. And, um, he just went into a random yoga class and started shooting women. Um, and then he shot himself, but he had like posted about it in incel groups and he, um, was, is now like glorified by the incel community as like one of their saints. Um, I think that he killed like um, I, I actually am not sure. I want to say five women. I feel bad that, like, Jesus. I apologize. But I don't know that for sure. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's horrifying. The story is really hard to read. Um, and you do get a sense of um, kind of where he got this influence, you know, for these ideas. Mm-hmm. It's very scary. Um, what part of the the country was this in? 
This was in Florida. Tallahassee. And it was in 2018. I don't know what the, like, I, there's, I don't see a spot in this article where it's like, on this day, on this year, this mm-hmm. time, this happened. Like, I don't see that, which is kind of annoying to me, but. Uh, yeah, I don't like having to read the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and. I'm sorry. Okay, so it was November second, two thousand eighteen. There should be a way to like search incel groups to a point where uh, those people aren't allowed to get guns, like a mental health background check, like an internet background check. If you are in an incel group or some or any terrorist group online, you shouldn't be able to get a gun. Well, I mean, there's there's like groups and stuff that like police and whatever flag and take down groups that they think are, like, an actual threat. Yeah, I know, um, I know I Reddit actually, I know Reddit actually, um, dismantles incel groups. Right. Um. Uh, it's difficult because then you have, like, freedom of speech and freedom, yeah. of, uh, freedom of expression and, um, you know, and, and that would be incredibly intrusive, like, if you wanted to join an incel group, like, you have to take a psychological evaluation online, like, think about that, you know, that's like saying, like, you have to use a, take a drug test to, like, use a computer, like, I don't know, mm-hmm. just intrusive, mm-hmm. when you think about if it were used on a wide scale, like, ideally, we would be able to know when someone was going to fucking kill a bunch of people, but unfortunately, like, we don't know until after it happens. Well, guns are used to kill people, so... I really, I don't know, part of me really doesn't care about violating someone's privacy to um, license them a gun if, the, if, you know, if they need it so bad. It is an incredibly difficult issue. It's, it's very, as we already know, you know, it's a, I mean, it's different to me than abortion because, like, in abortion, to me, like, there's a very clear, like, I don't believe that a non-viable fetus is a human being. People who say they're pro-life do um so that's like a fundamental belief difference of like the way the universe works like that's not you know um but like guns you know it's like you have people that want to have a gun or people that don't care to and are scared of them see Um, me with abortion i don't presume to know when life happens like you know i don't know that but i do know that a lot of women die from um getting illegal abortions so i think it's more of a public health problem for women to have access like so i mean and i actually think a lot of i heard this on um this opinion on another podcast too that really resonated with me but like i also think um it was it's it's the red scare podcast which is like um uh I I don't know. Listen to it if you want to. But uh, just the to argue with pro-life people, like, it's just, it's not, it's a feed, it's not a human being or whatever, is really just talking to a brick wall. Because, yeah, like, you know, it's not a way to talk to them. I, I think, like, we need to change the conversation. Um, You're right. And I guess that's why, to me, it's so frustrating why I said that in the first place. Like, it seems to me to be a stalemate issue because I think of it in terms of 
when does Icy get good? You're right. Like, maybe that's not the fucking question. Yeah. Uh, anyway. I've also, I've never had an abortion either. Not to bring my white lady um, experience into it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you don't ever have to, then you don't ever have to. Um, anyway, that's, uh, it's toxic masculinity to put laws on women's bodies. I think we can agree I mean, fundamentally, that. like, it, that, that very much the issue, too. Like, keep your fucking hands off my goddamn body. Yeah. Keep your laws off your body. Like, yeah. if it belongs to me, it doesn't belong to whatever your fucking opinion is. Yeah. What I could be doing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's none of your goddamn business what me and my doctor decide. Um, I was, sometimes I'm toxic masculinity towards my boyfriend, um, because we don't have any money and I want him to be making more money. When, oh yeah, me too. When really it's like, I'm the one who makes the least amount of money. Like, I, it's my problem and, yep. you know. Yeah. And I shouldn't resent my boyfriend for not being wealthy. I resent myself for not being wealthy. I, no, I, you know what? I would say I more resent my boyfriend for not being wealthy than I mm. resent myself. And, and that's I like, like want to kill us for that. And, and well, that's like me being toxic masculinity. It's not. Yeah, cool that's that. like, that's like what insults say that like women do and why like, yeah. you just want men who are the most attractive and have the most money. Uh, but they're not at completely. the same time, I would say that like it's not like neither of us are gold diggers. No, know? I mean I'm still with my boyfriend. Right, exactly. And like it's not like we're like work, you know, he he supports us for like himself well. Uh-huh, but it's yeah. not like I could just stop working and he could pay all my bills. I'm uh, really jealous of friends of mine who's who like have rich boyfriends or husbands. Yeah, they're forced, they're really lucky. But I mean, I think that anybody is like once you're in a situation where you have more resources, like you are lucky and fortunate. You know, I mean, everybody has to go through a time where they have to like work to get there. You know, if you don't have to go through that, then like, then if then you won't appreciate it. I, I don't think, think I'll ever get to the appre- with your partner. I don't think I'll ever get to the appreciation phase. You don't think you'll ever what get to appreciate being wealthy or the rewards of my labors. I mean, I'm sure that I'll never be like wildly, like wildly wealthy. Yeah, at this point. I just keep on getting poorer, actually. I mean, the whole financial situation is really stacked against us. I mean, just from the beginning of, like, the whole student loan issue. It's like, it was stacked against us from when we graduated. I was watching Chernobyl being like, I wish I, I, wish I lived under Soviet communism. Why, so you just didn't have to worry about it? Yeah. And even yeah. even though there, you know, uh, there was a national disaster there and people were dying, but that's how much I hate capitalism. 
See, I do, I felt so many similarities to what's happening. I feel in like the United States yeah. that it's like you know it's, it's it's the same fucking values. It's like how to do things the cheapest way. Yeah. You know, and well, you know what I love about it's, it's, it's like the same fucking thing. Like we are indentured servants. We don't have freedom. What like, I love about very that. Limited. What I love about that argument that you just mentioned too is because the people who are like capitalist defenders capitalism defenders will say oh well what happened in chernobyl was because uh because of communism the best person who should have had the job didn't have the job and they definitely tried to make that point um in that show but uh that is like capitalism does not fucking fix that shit because instead of that it's nepotism that and the wealthy saying it's like class checking class and keeping yeah. class you know a people's class stable i can't think of words anyway so capitalism does people not people are in positions of power all over the place in capitalism yeah yeah true that anyway um this episode's not really funny um no no uh, no. I feel bad about that. I don't. But there's only like 20 people that listen. Honestly, it's kind of my fault because I also realize like you, you're the one who posts about the episodes more than I do. And when, uh-huh. when I post on Instagram, we always get so many more listens, um, than when just you post. Like I don't help post on social media that we have a new episode up. I've been really, really busy. Like just I have this comic that I have to finish by um, Friday um, so I can send it to the printers. I don't know how I'm going to – well, it's not going to be that expensive. But um, I have uh, – I've been doing these guerrilla performances at art museums once a month. So uh, that's pretty crazy because I'm going to, like, visit a museum and then I have to plan performances in, two week, in like, the two-week span. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I like it. Like, I set up to, you know, work that way because um, it's fun doing um, spur-of-the-moment kind of performances and, and treating performance art in this, like, super ephemeral way where it's, like, they're happening, like, in short spans of times, both, like, in the creative process and, you know, the execution. But, um... It's just, it's a, it's a, it's, you know, it's getting to me. It's a lot of work. Um, it's a lot. Well, you'll be proud when it's done. I probably, I don't think so. I'm never proud of anything I do when I'm done with it, actually. I just, well, when you're done happen. with it, you'll be done and it'll be a relief. There you go. It will be a relief yeah. because it'll be like, there, I did it. Um, yeah, done. You know, uh, I... By the way, to actually, here's a recap, because I was talking about piercing ears. I did more research on it, and actually the guns are really gross, and you're not supposed to use guns, ear-piercing guns. No. Um, I'm not really that surprised. Yeah, they actually, remember you were saying they, they have yeah. to be able to, like, um, incubate them yeah. or whatever the hell? Autoclave them. Yeah. Um, well, it turns out Sterilize them. they can't, like, do it. Like, so what they do is, with the guns, they, like, um, they do, like, the, uh, the needle part is disposable, but they can't actually, right. so that, that's supposed to make them safe, but it, it's, it's actually not safe. 
uh, right. because you can get bacteria and blood on the gun. So Claire's right, so and like stuff. So like you can't sterilize the gun itself. Yeah. It's like physically not possible. So they yeah, were like gotcha. contaminating people and people were getting ear infections and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. There was like all these articles like about how bad Claire's is. Um, <laughs> and that you're supposed to, a needle is the best way as well because when you use a gun, um, it's because it's sheer like force and impact. It yeah. actually tears at your skin, whereas right. a needle pierces it. So it's like a cleaner right. hole. Yeah. Um, yeah so, yeah, I did my research, and then I pierced my own ear. Uh, oh, you did it, huh? Yeah. It was uh, not painful, um, and it's been like two weeks now. It healed really well. Did it bleed? Yes, it bled a lot. And actually, that was, like, really my thing I was really nervous about by how much it bled, which I watched piercers online doing the needle, and they have, like, some kind of technique where you don't see the blood. Like, they they okay. are able to put the earring in really fast. Gotcha. So, in any case, you don't see a lot of blood. But um, I, uh, you know, first time was not very good at the, you know, putting the new needle in and, um, it bled a lot. And I was like, this is really dangerous for me to do in a museum because of how much blood there is. Yeah. And, yeah. But I just decided that I would like, you would have to be a crazy person to see a girl offering free, free ear piercings at the art museum and actually be like, okay. Yeah. You, know. you would have to be really stupid. Yeah. So I did it anyway. And, uh -huh. no, and literally no one approached me. Well, that's a good sign. Yeah. One woman approached me, um, because I was dressed as a security guard and she was like, the Met offers ear piercings. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, no, I don't, I'm not officially with the Met. And then she was like, oh, are you allowed to do this? And I was like, I don't know. Um, you know, do you want to try? And like, you want your ear pierced? And we'll just see if we had stopped. And then she walked away. <laughs> but, and then also I had like a, um, a pro like the process, I had a, had a, whatever, um, waiver that you had a waiver process you had to go through. So you can't sue me. And if you got hepatitis or HIV. Yeah. Um, and the, the waiver process was like really long and annoying. So say it would have been really nearly impossible for someone to, to sign up to get their ear pierced. It wasn't going to happen. But in any case, I did have a lot of people laugh at me. Um, They're all going to laugh at you. Yeah. Which was, which was good. Um, and, the world and then I, I pierced my ear and I learned about mm -hmm. ear piercing, which is, you know, I also I did learn, um, the, uh, Leviathan Rose song on the harmonica. I, I learned it and I can play it perfectly. And, um, but I was also stopped like nearly immediate, immediately, um, when I was playing it at the art museum. So I only got one bar out before I was stopped by security. <laughs> um, yeah, so all the, the performances were a success. And, um, Great. I, yeah, that's awesome. You know what? I was listening to the radio this week and on Preston and Steve, and there was a man playing the harmonica. I think he was like a war veteran, and he played it beautifully, and it made me think of you. Oh, that's so sweet. Mm. 
Yeah, um, I was thinking about that. Yeah, well, you weren't thinking about me on National Best Friend Day, though. I, I was thinking about you. I, I had to think about you first. Social media. I had to think about you first. Which is a problem. Facebook or it didn't happen. Um, okay, so whatever. This episode's not funny. Uh, we, uh, do you have any closing thoughts on toxic masculinity that you want to, like, you know, bring out? Do you think we covered it well? Do you think we covered this well? Um, of course I do. I think we cover it perfectly. I mean, I'm sure, I feel like there's always more to discuss when it comes to these things and more to learn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll be sure I like, to... For example, what are some solutions? Did we really talk about solutions? You know, maybe we could I think the, solutions more. The solution is to not... to For us to break away from the cis-normative society that we live in and not put these gender stereotypes onto people. Well, uh, I think that, which is, fortunately, is what's happening. Unfortunately, it, there is violent upheaval along with it, but... Yeah, I think it's... Talking about it. It's not going to happen overnight. Actually, like, true, like, I was, someone was like, uh, I was having a conversation with someone, like, I don't really uh, want to defend Elizabeth Warren. Um, Like, you know, I'm a Bernie um, supporter. But uh, I was just saying, I was like, you know, yeah, there's a lot about Elizabeth Warren that's awesome, too, you know? And I was saying, I really like that she proposed a plan to have um, federal. Health care, federal um, daycare for uh, people, and uh-huh. so that low-income families can have um, free daycare for their kids. And uh-huh. yeah, and my friend like like flipped out on me and was like, "Oh, well, that's like, oh, that's gonna be horrible for everyone who runs daycare centers, and and that's oh yeah, like oh, that's just gonna fix everything. It's gonna be like you know whatever." And I was like. Well, I mean, I'm sure those daycares will just, like, eventually be processed and brought, be federally funded so that they are, like, so they're privately run daycares, but they'll be federally funded daycares. And they were just saying, like, oh, the paperwork, and it's going to be so bad, and blah, blah, blah. And and I guess my point is, is, like, um, yeah, actually the process is going to be really hard, but in the long run, it will be better for people to have free, um, daycare for their children, low income families, especially. And, um, I would have to, I have to say the same here where it's easy to say that what will remove toxic masculinity is to have, um, our, uh, cis normative uh society to be ripped to shreds and disappear that is that is not an easy task no i'm not saying Uh, yeah i mean our current system is collapsing like it really is and it is gonna change um like they're not working it's very obvious i feel like we're on like the downhill still unfortunately Mm -hmm. i feel like things will get better but not for a long time and not without a lot of suffering yeah. Yeah, so on that note. Um, life sucks. Yep, then you die. I, I wish I was a, a man. Oh, I don't. Um, I, I wish I was a man and um, I was getting, like, fucked by chicks all the time. 
and um, and then I would go and like do stand up comedy about it. <laughs> what? Okay. Did you just flush the toilet on me? No, I washed my hands. Oh, you're. Oh, you're. Are you washing the hands of my toxic masculinity? Yes. Okay. That's how I have to get over things. Okay. Wash my hands of them. All right, Pontius Pilate. So until our next um, two hosts from Delco episode, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your Sunday. When I post the episode, I'll be sure to post the comic page that I've been inking this entire time because I'm sure um, particularly... It's part of the show. Particularly our male listeners will enjoy seeing that. Um, Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Is it boobs? What? My drawing? Is it boobs? Is yeah, it, I uh, uh, it's getting there. Okay, it might be all right. Good. Well, I can't um. wait to see it. Neither can all twenty of our listeners. Alrighty. All right. Bye. Bye. Yeah, I just wanted to add at the end there. I just listened to the episode, and um, I, yeah, I said um, and I took. I clicked my tongue a lot, so I'm, I apologize for that, and I will apologize for that again at the beginning of the next episode. But also at the end there, I thought Maureen said, "Is your drawing good?" And now uh, after listening, I realized what she said is, uh, "Is it boobs?" As in breasts, and uh, she was she was inferring that if it was breasts that our male listeners would like the drawing. And I just wanted to say that there are no breasts in the drawing. And that's, I just wanted to add that. And I can't, I can't really understand what Maureen says all the time through the phone. Because it's the phone, yeah, it's not... I don't know. I I can't understand it. Okay. Because um, I'm an old lady and I can't hear well or something. Or Maureen's voice is distorted over the phone and I can't hear well. So that's that. Podcast. Podcast. Do do Podcast. Two hoes. Two hoes. Whorehouse on the hill. From Delco. Whorehouse on the hill. Boop, oh, yeah, boop. it's a whorehouse on the hill. Two hoes. Whorehouse on the hill. Two hoes. Don't roll your skirt too short. Everybody's gonna wanna be up in that shorts.